Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Lewandowski. From Robert Lewandowski. Easy for Lewandowski and easy now for Barca. Is Lewandowski. That's the hat trick. It's a sixth Champions League hat trick. Lewandowski and again. It's it. Just when you think you've seen it all. A wonderful header, the power, the leap, the precision. Lewandowski all smiles again. Welcome back. Well, European leagues are in the thick of preseason right now, and a bunch of clubs have made some trips stateside, including Barcelona. And that man you just saw, Robert Lewandowski, who continues to score tons and tons of goals. Our very own Jenny Chu caught up with him when she was out in Los Angeles, and we are going to hear that conversation right now. Here it is. Xavi as a manager, you know, there's so much curiosity behind his transformation from a player to a manager. What has it been like playing under him? I'm very happy to, to play under him because not because of him as a coach, but of course I met him first of first time on the pitch and I'm playing against him. So I remember exactly what kind of great player he was. And if you will now compare him as a coach and a player, I have to say that he do it different way, like as he was the football player. Because when we are talking about Xavi as a football player, that we're talking about the magic player. And as a coach, he knows that he has to find the best solution for the team. And he knows also what kind of players he had. And for sure, you cannot compare any teams with that teams with Tiki Taka FC Barcelona because I probably never. Never happened again this kind of players in one time, one club against to play this kind of um, this kind of tactic, but also the football is changing. It's maybe if someone playing in the same playing Tiki Taka now will be more difficult. But you know, that was perfectly timing in perfect moment. So that was the brilliant team, brilliant time for them. And he knows as a coach that he has to change it. He cannot think the same as a football player. He cannot the expectation can be not the same from him as a football player that he has the same as a coach. And this is huge different, and I think that he's doing this very well. Can this Barcelona squad win the Champions League? On the beginning, it's always difficult to say, but of course, that in our mind, this season is like, Champions League is very important. I think when we, when we're speaking about, or when we're gonna speak about this in January, for example, that will be the second part of Champions League. Well, I can tell you maybe a little more, because always, you, you need believe lucky. You need to to have the all players healthy. Yep. If you have in one time like we had last season like five six injuries in one time like all defender and we were out of the Champions League, so it was very difficult to uh, to compare to to performance or to show our best skills. So that was all um, almost impossible. 
but probably this year will be much more better. Dortmund, Bayern, Barcelona, I mean, you just win everywhere you go. What is your favorite trophy you've won? I know that's like asking who your favorite child is, but there has to be one that <laughs> meant something special. Ah, oh, always the first one in the new club, but of course, when we are talking about trophies like Champions League and all the season that we won six trophies in one season. So probably that, that is the, my, my number one. You have scored so many memorable goals. You have to point out one that is your absolute favorite and why. Oh, one <laughs> is difficult, really. Okay, a couple. I'll give oh, you a couple. Okay, I, I can tell you that yeah, very special, not only one goal, but five goals in nine minutes. That was like I break Guinness record and I think the last goal in this from this goal from the five is like something special because that was uh, like uh, I, I scored the goal for the volley and that was like amazing goal, not only because of the goal, because I scored five goals in nine minutes and I started on the bench because I was a little bit injured and I came in, we. We were losing 1-0, so I scored five goals and we won 5-1. So that, that's what's not only one goal, but goals, especially for me. And sometimes you don't have time to think about this because uh, I remember exactly that we played three days later the next game and the three days later next game. And I was so focused, okay, I've scored five goals, but no, I'm, I want to be focused for the next game. And I scored three, two goals. And next game I scored hat-trick. And next game I scored again two goals. And I think in 10 days, or one week I scored 12 goals. You talk about these 12 goals in like a week or in, in a span of short timing. What is it for you that clicks? First of all, I love doing what I'm doing. It's like not only about my ambitions. I think the first and the most important thing is love of the sport, of, of football. And always in my head was, it doesn't matter how many goals I already scored. More important is how many more goals I gonna score. We see that via your TikTok and the social media that you kind of share with the world. That normalness, that human aspect to you that we don't always see about those players. What made you decide to kind of show that side of you and, and say, you know what, this is who I am? Yeah, that's true. Uh, if we show you something extra like that I was dancing with my wife, uh, Bachata, for example, yeah, yeah or the dancing, uh, that was uh, COVID time, so we spend a lot of time at home. If I feel that like comfortable, I, I can do this. And yeah, that's true, but it's difficult to find this balance because you cannot tell your focus should be on the football, should be on every training, every single training session, uh, what, you should, what you can do better even. You moved from Germany to Spain. Has it lived up to your expectations? Uh, this decision for me was very difficult, you know, because in Munich, in Bayern, I have like comfort zone. I achieved everything what I could achieve there. Uh, I know everything about not only the club, my teammates, training session, pre-season, everything was going on, uh, clubs, teams as well. But I know that if my life, if I don't want to stop, if I always want to move on, try my horizon, have opened my eyes not only to what I have in my garden but also what's going on around. I know that this will be the best move for, for me to, to join to, to FC Barcelona. Even that I know that the first part of the first season maybe can be more difficult as a normal because always like is the new stadium, new club, new teammates, everything new. And second years, 
for the football players, always is much more easier from one side because I know everything now. I'm, I'm also starting to speak Spanish, so it's easier to, with the communication. And also, I am already uh, saw this all year what's going on in the club, in, in Spain, on the Champions League. So, probably if as a team we, we do a next step forward, then we can um, really bring much more or higher performance on, on the pitch. Wow, you know what, my biggest takeaway from this, Robert Lewandowski, not a terrible dancer. Yeah. He can move his hips. Pretty good. I, I was impressed. I mean, by the way that you see him move his hips on the pitch, could be that he's a good and dancer. I would add, great interview. Yeah, Jenny, what great was questions. your what was your your biggest takeaway from, from that interview and, and actually sitting down getting face-to-face -face time with a guy who is just such a prolific oh, goal scorer? Um, He's so fascinating. Um, so we get 20 minutes with each of these players. And um, the PR guy came in and said, he has a hard out at 1 o'clock. He has to go. He has a meeting. And we're like, OK, OK, no problem. We're, we're going to make it work. And we reached the end of the time. And we hadn't finished talking. Lewandowski and I were really hitting it off. So he leaves, and the PR guy comes back and says, hey, would you like another 10 minutes? Oh, wow. We'd love to keep talking to you. And just that, like, mm -hmm. genuinely, like, the conversation we were having flowed so well. He's so fascinating. There's so many things to ask about his career. But the biggest thing you take away, not only is he just so kind and generous with his time and just everything that he spoke about, but his desire to keep on going. Like, he is not satisfied with anything that he has done. Like, he tells you that five goals in nine minutes, and he goes, yeah, that week I ended up scoring ten goals in ten days or something like that. And he didn't even get to, you know, feel the moment until he until Christmas time because he said it just go 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 wow. go I was sitting with my family and I finally took the moment in to say that was pretty incredible that I did it's that kind of like this show <laughs> just go 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 okay um, so sorry sorry to cut you off no, go do ahead. you want to say something else I just I, I think he's with Benzema and Suarez, the three greatest forwards the three greatest nines of our generation like we were so blessed to get these prolific Nines. Wait, who, who'd you say? Suarez, Suarez, Benzema, and Lewandowski. No Aguero? I think Aguero's just a step below. If, if I have to do a podium, that's the Mount Rushmore of nines of our generation, but of if I had to choose a podium, it would be Suarez, Benzema, Lewandowski for me. Mm -hmm. It's just for prolonged, the amount of goals for a prolonged period of time. Just to go back to the interview, because I know that not everything could have made okay. it, and I talked about how much how much time we had together. One of the biggest things is the challenge that he took on moving from Germany to Spain. Mm. I mean, that, that's a cultural challenge, that's a family, everything had to change. And he talked about how he had already accomplished so much in Germany, he wanted something new to, to tackle. And he's, what, 34 years old, and he still felt the need to continue to thrive and continue to win things and continue to prove to himself and to everyone else that you know, he wanted to leave this game a better place. Challenges, you want you want right. new challenges. That's what you see in the elite of the elite of the elite. He they are never zone. satisfied, mm -hmm. never. Bayern was his comfort zone. Winning, winning titles back to back and scoring <laughs> back to back to back to back and scoring a stupid amount of goals because uh, honestly he was bomber every single season almost it, mm -hmm. it felt it felt unreal unnatural the amount of goals he was scoring honestly and he won that that new challenge and Barcelona the season he got there had that crazy little slump at the end of the group stage of the Champions League where they were so close to making it out. And then af after that elimination from the Champions League, they took off. If, if they would have snagged a point 
at Bayern, in which I think in that game in the group stage, they created more chances against Bayern. They could have beat Bayern had it not been for a couple of little moments. That Barcelona season, that very first season that he got was there, it would have been completely, completely different. Do you think they'll make some noise in Champions League this year? You think about uh, the addition of a Gundogan to that Barcelona side? I mean, they have to. That's that's the standard of, of Barcelona. Mm -hmm. You put Gundogan in there. Pedri, Gavi. Pedri, Gavi. He even brought back Oriol Romeo. I don't know how much he's going to play, but no. if, if you want like a 5-5, five, five, that, that's your 5-5. Five, five. The post Busquets, post Jordi Alba. I know Jordi Alba has been almost... They, they found his replacement with Balde, but... One it's, of the biggest things, I, I just want to get this in before it goes, is you mentioned that do they have it to win. Mm -hmm. You talked about how there were so many young players on the team that they still needed to learn patience. Yeah. That that's something that will come to them, that there were moments when they're frantic and there are moments that they think they have to solve it now. And what he's learned throughout his career is that you can be patient and learn it later. Yeah, there's no one more experienced than Robert Lewandowski. Mm. Fantastic interview, Jenny. Thank Great you for job. that conversation. All right, guys, uh, we're going to take a break. We are under two weeks away from the start of the Premier League season, and we've been previewing some teams. We look into Manchester United. Up next, don't go anywhere. Welcome back. We are under two weeks away until the start of the Premier League season. Here's a look at some of the notable opening weekend fixtures. We have Burnley and Man City, Arsenal, Forest, uh, Brentford, Tottenham, Chelsea, Liverpool. Newcastle, Aston Villa. Oh my gosh, guys, Whoa. I'm so excited. That's Here's, next week. That, literally next week, next Jeez. Friday. Oh boy. I know, I know. Uh, so in case you needed a reminder, here is a look at the top six teams from last season. We did City not. and Arsenal, <laughs> one and two. Manchester United at three, Newcastle four, Liverpool and Brighton five and six. Okay, so yesterday we uh, dove into City. And mm -hmm. Arsenal kind of giving them a little bit of a, a season preview. Right now, we are going to look at the team that finished third, Manchester United, mm -hmm. who have been busy in the summer transfer interesting. window. Interesting. interesting. It is interesting. <laughs> Let's look at some of the moves that have been made uh, for Eric Ten Hag's team. We've got Mason Mount in, Andre Onana in, David De Gea out. Um, when you look at some of these moves, Nico, what do you think? What stands out? Do you feel like this is a better Manchester United side than last season? Have they improved? So for sure, when you add Andre Onana, who knows how to play with his feet and played under Eric Ten Hag, who's consolidating his system, he's the team is understanding every game more and more what he wants. Plus, you throw Mason Mountain into the mix. It obviously is an improved team. They want to add it. Hoyland. It looks like that's going to happen. Manchester United still needs a nine. I'm not too sure That's Marcus what Rashford. Is. Yeah, but is he going to be the Manchester United nine? He's 20 years old. He's very young. You spend I, that much money, this, he's got to be. Right, but it feels like Manchester United still has a little bit more to spend. And the dominoes in the transfer market for that nine, that big name nine, hasn't been activated. There still needs to be a move for the Vlahovic's of the world, for that to start falling into place, the Lukaku's of the world. And once that goes into motion, Manchester United needs somebody with a presence, because it's a lot of weight for a young Hoyland to put on his shoulder to make an impact. So uh, You're 100% right. They need a striker. But mm -hmm. if they're spending that type of money on Rasmus Hoyland, 
they expect him to be that guy. Really? Right or wrong, that's their mindset if you're spending that much money on a young striker. Hmm. He's going to be the, leading the line. And your fallback plan, they should go out and invest in a, a striker who can score goals, but is going to cost a lot less. Someone, so you can't spend the big bucks to get a, a player like a Lukaku because you're, you're investing in Rasmus Hoyland. And ultimately, Martial is your backup striker at the moment. That, or Rashford. That, that's what you're going with if Hoyland doesn't hit the ground running like city rival um, Erling Holland. I think there's a big weight to be thrust on a, on, a, on a young player who's only scored 10 goals last season. Mm. Uh, this is a lot to ask to lead the line for Manchester United. And mm. whether, whether you feel the club is still of the ilk of the past, Manchester United, that fan base still demands as if they are. So this is a, this is a big pressure move for a player like this. Obviously, Eric Ten Hag, I don't think, has made a lot of uh, missteps with the players he signed. Mm. I think he has a defined system as well. So I'm sure he picked him for a reason, the same way with Onana. You can say here's some of the negatives of Onana. Does he fit the system? He's, is he the best shot stopper? To parries too much? How does that work with the you know the teams that he's going to face in the Premier League? Who will pounce on those opportunities more? There's a lot of questions asked, but you kind of say like, all right, but he fits the system he wants. I wonder how Hoyland fits that system, especially if we haven't seen him excel at a top top level yet. That proves he deserves a move mm -hmm. to Manchester United. Not only has Eric Ten Hag not missed on the players that he signed as of now, but also the ones that he. Cast aside the yeah. ones Is that Val, he's Val a, a positive in your mind? Val Veghorst? Yeah, he did nothing. Not was that really, a positive? But they, then they figured it out with a Val Veghorst that was all right at most. All right. I think and that was an emergency move. The, I don't know that you could really count that against. They, they brought him no, from but Turkey. I'm saying that was a move he made. Yeah. Yeah, but that was an emergency move. That wasn't. Right. This it wasn't isn't like a, 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 a big signing. signing. But look, Lisandro Martinez. Lisandro Martinez, for example, who he also brought from Ajax. There's a lot of guys that he has given to that have played for him at Ajax, and now it's exciting to know that Onana knows this manager, wants to play with his feet, it's going to be a different Manchester United because if you're playing out from the very back, from the goalkeeper, naturally everything else changes. You get kind of like a head start in the build-up and the tone that Eric Ten Hag has given to this Manchester United team and the ones that he has cast aside, I wanted to mention, when he Ronaldo. gave Ronaldo the no and he said, this is, you know, this is, there's a, we're going to split the road here, and Ronaldo decided to leave. Manchester United took a turn for the better. Yep. Um, and, and that's a big call in a dressing and room. And De Gea now. Where, and, and De Gea, and, and hopefully it keeps on paying off. Well, let's but see what he does with feels, It definitely feels like Manchester United are, are charging into the right direction. An interesting storyline as well is that they've taken the captaincy away from Harry Maguire. Well, that's another big call. And and handed it to Bruno Fernandez, uh, which is another yeah exactly another example of Eric Ten Hag taking this team in a in a different direction, one that he thinks is going to be a little bit more successful. Did you see the the incident between Onana and yes. Harry Ooh, Maguire rough. during the Borussia Dortmund friendly? This was interesting. Uh, so this was during a friendly. Hmm. Bad we'll giveaway. See. Bad giveaway here. Onana makes the save, but then just gets right at Harry Maguire, clearly unhappy with the defending there. Um, and this, I mean, yeah, that was the man who used to wear the captain's arm. Berated by the, new, Absolutely by the new signing. Berated. Yeah. I don't know if that is a, a good sign, a bad sign. It's I don't know if that sign. is just. It's a good sign from yeah. your keeper. 
I want my keeper to have that attitude. Yeah. Do not give the ball away cheaply. It's not accepted. Mm -hmm. and, and that's why Ten Hag said, this is my keeper. And from what I interpret, you tell me if I'm wrong, because I'm interpreting it from, from the outside, but there's definitely patterns of play that in preseason even, you, you really want to practice and, and, and perfect. And it seemed where Nana was pointing that the ball movement, he made the wrong decision in playing into the press yes. instead of working it around. And maybe that's what it felt like Onana was calling him out for. Like, no, the it's ball not so has much to come the mistake, this way. It's the idea, the thought process. Mm. So people can make mistakes. But if you're not intending to go where you should be going, then the, I have an issue with that. Mm. If you make a play and you pass it to the right player and it just goes off or the right, you don't take the right touch or the weight's off, fine. But if you completely do something that's right. off right. And, and it puts us in jeopardy, that's when I have an issue. Do they finish higher than three next year, quickly? No. No? Yes. Okay. Yes, they do. So they're one or two, is what you're saying? They're strong candidate to win the wow. prize. Wow. Wow. All right. Um, all right, guys, we're going to take another time out. Um, we are chatting some Copa Libertadores on the other side. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Well, the round of 16 in Copa Libertadores kicks off today. Here is a look at the bracket. Nico Cantor, for those people that might not be familiar with this competition, can you kind of explain the significance of it and, and what it means to football in South America, especially to reach this knockout stage? La Copa Libertadores is everything. I feel like it's a little bit more than the Champions League because a lot of oh, these wow. kids are playing. You know why? Why are you turning? Why are you turning your back? You no, I, why? I thought something <laughs> dropped on me. Because a, a yeah, I lot, thought lightning was going to strike. A lot of these kids <laughs> are are looking to have those performances that will take them to the next step, and it's played with with a lot more bite mm. and grit, and it gets wild. Historically, there have been stories back in the day of players being pelted oranges at them, the lights going off in the stadium. It's unhinged. Chaos. It's chaotic. Ooh. It's fun. Um, and the receptions of the team, because it means so much for, uh, for example, Atletico Nacional, for Bolívar, and Obviously, the big teams as well, Boca, River, Palmeiras, Atletico Mineiro, the reception when you're at home, there's nothing like being at the stadium and madness happening when your team is walking out. That is, when you're on the continental stage ready to, to show the fandom to the rest of the continent and the world, that's the best. El recibimiento, the welcoming of your team, that's what it's called. It's mm. in Copa Libertadores, it doesn't get any better than that. Unhinged chaos, I love it. I got, I got, I got to it. witness one that when I told you Boca Juniors winning in penalties, and I understood the passion, yeah. and what, it, what it meant to Boca fans in particular. Yeah. Incredible. Uh, and it's going to start today. Knockout stage starts today. River has a game. And in fact, if you look at the stadium, they, they wow. redid the stadium. There's, it's not like 80,000 capacity. Oh, my God. And el recibimiento, the, the welcoming of the team, is, is probably going to be really good. Wow. It, it's a beautiful stadium. It is. So beautiful. River 
That's face. your opinion. Who do, who do River face? Inter? Uh, River faces Inter from Brazil. Inter of Porto Alegre, who have a new coach, who in fact is a, a pretty recognizable name for River players. Chacho Cudet. Played for a lot of those strikers, fun fact. Argentine playmaker who played for River for many years, very synonymous with River, and now he's managing against them in the Copa Libertadores. They brought Ener Valencia, the Ecuadorian forward mm -hmm. that had a, a, a decent World Cup, and he hasn't scored yet. That's the big issue with what's going on at Inter, and maybe he can get started at Copa Libertadores. Wouldn't you love it if he started scoring? Yeah, just Against in time, River. right? Against River. Uh, River and Inter uh, have history in the Copa Libertadores. In 2015, they played against each other. Um, and Johnny Cardoso. You, um, yeah, the American from New Jersey. You mentioned that <laughs> American from New Jersey. Uh, because of the transfer window set up, a lot of these teams do bring in some bigger names for this competition, yeah. essentially. I know, obviously, Edinson Cavani uh, came in for Boca. That's a yeah. big name coming in. Who, any big names you're hearing about that we can expect? Uh, for River, for example, they signed a youngster called Facu Colidio, who's not really a big name, but in Argentina he was playing at Tigre, uh, former teammates of uh, Mateo Retegui, for example. And he was an important part to the setup, but River was looking to renew their, their, their strikers. Salomón Rondón, who mm -hmm. was a big name for River, mm -hmm. didn't have a good semester, so they're trying to have a, a nice refreshed face uh, up top. Uh, not really any standouts today. Uh, Atletico, Atletico Paranaense plays. Uh, they got Vidal from Flamengo, who wasn't happy with his playing situation. So Vidal is, uh, has a new team, and they play today in the Copa Libertadores against Bolívar. All right. Who do Boca play? Boca plays Nacional oh. of Uruguay. There okay. you go. Yeah. Where Luis Suarez came from. Exactly. No Cavani. I don't. I don't think Cavani is going to play. He he won't travel. I think they released the the traveling roster. He's not on there. Only announced yesterday Cavani. But very excited. Maybe we can get him for very the return fixture at Boca. Let's go. Next week. Let's go. Yeah. All right. Um, thanks, Nico. Yeah. We're going to take a break. Jenny Chu will be back with some headlines when we come back. Welcome back. Here's a look at Tuesday's footy fix for you. We've got Slovan Bratislava versus Rinsky Mostar at 2.30 p.m. Eastern on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, we also have uh, some Copa Libertadores action to look forward to. Argentinos Juniors versus Fluminense. River taking on Inter. Both of those matches on BN Sports. Milan taking on Barcelona at 11 p.m. Eastern, that game on ESPN. And then we've got a couple of World Cup matches right and early. Jamaica versus Brazil, 6 a.m. FS1. And Panama versus France at 6 a.m. as well on Fox. Wow. What a footy fix. That was a lot. Jenny Chu, you've got some headlines for us, don't you? Susanna, that was a beautifully delivered footy fix. You know, sometimes it's just you gotta you gotta really focus on the it's it's the names, you know? There's just a lot. I, I wanna I wanna do every team justice when I when I say them, and I I just hope to not offend people. You absolutely you do. You've absolutely grown into this role. <laughs> yeah. You've Truly. dominated it. That first, that first match the tongue now. was not easy. Wait, what yeah. was this one? Slovan Bratislava. Zrinski Mostar. Can we get someone to wipe the desk? There was a lot of... Uh, great job, Susanna. There was a lot of droplets yeah. on that one. Yeah. Thank right, you, guys. Thanks for the confidence, guys. For the headlines, first, let's start with an update from England. Manchester United have agreed to 
to a deal to sign Rasmus Hoyland from Atalanta. The 20-year-old Danish striker is reportedly in England undergoing medicals today. The Premier League club is set to spend nearly $92 million, including add-ons, to acquire Hoyland, who is considered one of Europe's most promising young players. Last season, he registered nine goals in 32 Serie A appearances. He will be Eric Ten Hag's third summer signing following Mason Mount and Andre Onana. Yesterday's high-profile meeting between representatives from Bayern Munich and Tottenham Hotspur concluded without an agreement over Harry Kane's future. According to The Athletic, the two clubs are reportedly $32 million apart in their valuation of the star forward who currently has a year remaining on his contract with the North London club. Tottenham have rejected two bids for their star striker by the Bundesliga champions, but the German champs have been persistent in their pursuit. The transfer window closes on September 1st. Over to Italy. According to multiple reports, Inter have made an initial bid for West Ham striker Gianluca Scamacca. The bid, in the range of 20 million euros plus add-ons, was rejected by the Hammers. But Inter are expected to make a, a second improved bid in the coming days. The Italian giants are looking to fill out their roster following the departures of Dzeko and Lukaku. Yesterday, Saudi Pro League club Al Etihad announced the signing of Fabinho from Liverpool. The Brazilian is the second midfielder from Liverpool to make the move to Saudi Arabia's growing league following Jordan Henderson's move to Al Etihad. The club announced the deal on Monday evening with pictures of Fabinho along with the caption, Welcome Fabinho in the stronghold of the Tigers. The 29-year-old has signed a deal until 2026. And the Saudi Pro League major signings show no signs of stopping as one of MLS's top attackers joins the growing list. Columbus Crew's two-time MLS All-Star Lucas Zelarian has officially joined Saudi Pro League side Al Fateh. The attacking midfielder has had 16 goal contributions across 20 MLS appearances this season. The Armenian international was named 2020 MLS Cup MVP after helping lead the crew to win the MLS Cup in his first season. He joins a bevy of summer signings by the Saudi Pro League like Mares, Henderson, Benzema, Conte, Neves and Jota. Nico, are you surprised by this move? How much more talent do you think that the Saudi Arabian teams are going to be taking this summer? Yeah, they're definitely going for it in the market, the Saudi Pro League. Columbus loses a lot without uh, Lucas Elarajan, who has been able to show that he's one of the best playmakers I'm so sad. in the league. Yes. He can As an shoot, MLS he can fan, pass, he can, he, His free I kicks. couldn't believe it. His free kicks but are incredible. Obviously, when the money comes when you get an offer that's too good to turn down you have to take it I was so excited to see the continuation of the partnership of, of Lucas Elarajan and Pucho Hernandez now you gotta see with that money who you can find I have a candidate if, if, if Columbus yes. wants throw to throw it out it. there Tim Bezbachenko so get on the phone the Paraguayan playmaker also left-footed, Oscar, excuse me, Lucas Rajana is not left-footed, but a left-footed playmaker. You always like Latin American lefty playmakers, right? Oscar Romero, um, recently a free agent. He, Boca decided not to renew his contract, and he has played for the Paraguayan national team. He is creative, and I think he can have an impact in, in Major League Soccer. And if you want to just keep that Latin American connection between Cucho and, and that missing... Mm -hmm. Ten. You think strong. that's the person to fill the shoes left? I, I, Here's, I, that was the first one that came to mind. No one's going to fill Lucas Zellerian's right. shoes. I, don't, I think that that is a, an impossible task. I will say, though, I watched Columbus play Club America last night. They looked really, yeah. really mm -hmm. good, even without Zellerian. And I have to believe the way that they have assembled that team and what Wilfred Nancy has done, they've got something up their sleeve. I know they do. They, I, I think that they have known that this was going to happen, that they were getting offers for Zellerayan. I think that there is likely a plan in place. They just brought over Julian Gressel from Vancouver. He looked, he fit in 
beautifully last night. He made his debut for them. They, for me, are a, a very dangerous club in, in MLS right now, and I think that it's going to continue despite the fact that Lucas Elorayan. I think you said the right name, though. Uh, Wilfred Nancy, that's the star. Yeah. Not Lucas Elorayan anymore. Man deserves some credit. Put some yeah. credit on the man's yeah, man. name. Put some respect. Put some respect on that man's name. That's right. He's a quality coach. He is. Absolutely. He is. Here's a live look at Group D action from the Women's World Cup. England with a 6-1 lead over China. That is very late in the game. Uh, Lauren James has two goals and three assists in wow. that match. Mm. She is balling out in that one. Denmark with a 1-0 win over Haiti. Both of those games uh, very close to finishing up here. Here's a look at that Group D table. England, all nine points they will be going through alongside Denmark. Uh, China and Haiti are out. Do you know, I, I was thinking about something today. I Congrats. was on an interview with Abi Wambach, and she was talking about the U.S.'s performance and how you know, we expect them to dominate every game and have these, you know, like when, we, when they played the Philippines in 2019 and that 13-nil mm. performance, um, and that she was making the point that we're just not going to see that anymore because the, every team is now better. The quality right. is better. But then I look at what, like, in England is doing to China. I look at what the Netherlands were able to do to Vietnam, and I'm like... You don't even need that mm. high of a scorer. I, uh, if you could see the women's national team dictate mm -hmm. and hold the tempo and be the one that imposes their game, I'd be okay with that. But yeah. we're not, that, that's the, the, I don't know if it's the minimum, but it's what you would like to see from the two-time defending champ. You would like to, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I'm, I don't know, just, just a thought. I just also a had thought a thought. Had. Uh, none, of, none of us noticed Nico doesn't have Monte today. Yeah. I, I ran out of Jero. I need to go buy Jero, the loose leaf tea that you put in the mate. I'm so glad that you only just pointed that out because I am shook right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, it would have ruined you. <laughs> Literally, everything's yeah. thrown off. No mate yeah. today. Are you okay? No mate. I'm, I'm good. I had mate watching the second half of, of the women's. Looks like you put on like tan, I'm not okay. tanner, self-tanner. <laughs> no, I got burned. <laughs> yeah. Okay, can I give you, you spray tan the mate by yeah, mistake? Yeah, give us your trivia. I was stumped. I had to look it up because okay. I erased it from my memory. I forgot. What is Julie Ertz's maiden name? Oh, is I remember Johnson? this. Yeah, Julie it was Johnson. Johnson. That's right. Mm -hmm. John Johnston? There we go. Johnston. Johnston. With the T. I totally forgot. That was it? Yeah, that's my trivia. I just, I, it stopped me. I felt very stumped. Right? I, I, can, we, can we get this guy Mate, please? <laughs> <laughs> it was a good trivia, you guys. Yeah, that, was almost, that was almost as bad any? as Lewandowski's bachata, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Does anyone have any yerba? <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, guys. Any yerba at all. Here's a look at the footy fix for today as we uh, say goodbye to y'all. Tomorrow morning, we've got Group F, Jamaica and Brazil, as well as Panama and France. We also have those Copa Libertadores matches to look forward to. And AC Milan, friendly with Barcelona, 11 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Guys, thanks so much for hanging with us today. Let's do it again mañana. Have a fantastic day. We'll see you then. See you Thursday. Woo! <laughs>